Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pater, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. We're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA and their Silent Disco IPA, but be sure to check out their Cranberry Sour Power Ale, the 365 Birthday IPA, and the Oatmeal Cookie Golden Ale. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit FunkBrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the big game in the NFL to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. With the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events, head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Paydirt is presented by betonline.ag, where the game starts. Also, we invite you to head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com and search Pater for our two t-shirts. One is the official show logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy blue, and black. And the other is a navy blue t-shirt. It has the Pater wordmark over the heart. And on the back, circa the 2012 Penn State football season, it has Matt McGloin's name and number. Again, head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com and search Pater for our two t-shirts. Joining us now here on Pater, Donnie Collins of the Scranton Times Tribune. Longtime coverage of Penn State football on his resume. I can only imagine how Matt McGloin bumped into him over the years, fellow Scranton <laughs> guys. So, uh, Donnie, we appreciate you coming on. This is a relatively quiet time of the year for football fans. Obviously, Penn State football just began winter workouts this week. Uh, the reason we have you on here is predominantly to recap what has been very interesting 2023 recruiting class for Penn State football. So uh, before we really dive into that, what's the word going around Penn State football right now going into this offseason period? Well, you, you got me a couple hours early because there's a there's a big press conference today. James Franklin's going to talk and uh, they're going to introduce the new receivers coaches really was the outside of the recruiting class, the big offseason deal with uh, Marcus Hagan's out of Virginia. He's gonna, they're going to introduce him today. They needed a, a change at that spot after the season, according to the coaching staff, and, and, and they made it uh, with a guy who has a lot of potential as a recruiter, but he's really been a developer of, of talent, of, you know, of, of these hidden gems that he's found on the recruiting trail at, at Virginia. So really it's been the portal, uh, getting guys like Malik McClain out of Florida State, uh, the big receiver they've been looking for that they could split out wide, the 6'4 guy, and then, of course, Dante Cephas, the, uh, the kid everybody kind of wanted, and he was, I would dare say, their number one target. Uh, out of Kent State, so it's been a been an eventful off season for sure, and it usually is now at Penn State. I mean, a, after the bowl game, those three or four weeks in January are are really busy <laughs> with with news. But but they made the coaching change; they've hit the portal hard, and then they finished off the recruiting class with a with a, with a really good get on the traditional signing day. So I, I think it's been a for the, for them it's been a successful one. But uh, well, you know, it, 
it all comes out in the field in the fall. And then, then, then that's when you see when, you know, how successful your January was. Of course. Uh, before we go any further, what's your opinion of the hire on Marcus Hagens? I, I want to see it. I, I want to see what he does with the, with the receiver. I mean, he's got to make a guy like Keandre Lambert Smith, a, a better player. He's got to make him more consistent. He's got to get a lot more out of, uh, Harrison Wallace, the kid who, who played a little bit at the end of the year, but they're counting on him big time this year. I'd like to see what he could do with Caden Saunders. That's a, that's a big recruit that, that Taylor Stubblefield got, maybe the, the biggest recruit that Taylor Stubblefield got ever in his career, and he didn't play much last year. We'll have to see what, what Hagens could do with him. But, but I, I think there's, there's kind of a lot of up-in-the-air uh, up things with him as, as far as a, being a recruiter. I mean, it, it is a much different recruiting at Virginia than it is recruiting at Penn State. I mean, Penn State is a much bigger brand. It's a much bigger program. It's a, it's, it's a destination program. And Virginia is a really good program, but Penn State's a destination program for, for big-time recruits. So we'll see if he's able to get some of those guys. He's, I, I think some of the, the, the moves they've made at, uh, in, in the recruiting department have, have helped over the years, and, and they've made a couple more this offseason. But Hagens is going to have to bring in some – he's going to have to be the difference for some four- and five-star guys to come in if they really want to compete for a, a championship in the next couple of years. Yeah, Matt and I talked about uh, Hagen's hire a couple of weeks ago here on the podcast. So his reputation seems like it's a little bit better than what Taylor Stubblefield had in, in regards to recruiting. So hopefully that's something that resonates. And honestly, if the weapons that Penn State has on offense, Mike Yurcich, James Franklin at the helm, don't do it for you. Hopefully Marcus Hagen's is the guy to get you over the proverbial goal line. Well, 15's uh, got to do something. I mean, it's got to be, yeah. it's got to, that's got to be a difference for some receivers too. I, I yeah. certainly hope so. Um, Matt, in regards to this time of year, I mentioned it, winter workouts just got underway. This 2023 recruiting class primarily is being finalized. There's some guys that are already on campus, some guys that are arriving uh, during the summer. Uh, you've been in that position where you're a veteran and these you know, names are popping up. And there have been some interesting names that have been landed late in this recruiting class. We're going to get to that. But as somebody who's been that veteran who's churning away during winter workouts, do you ever pop your head out of the sand and kind of be like, oh, they got that guy. Or you <laughs> just keep moving and be like, cool, we'll see if they're any good. That's it right there. You just keep moving and it's cool. We'll see if they're any good. But that that's what that's what it is. Because look, you know, one of the things I always go back to, and it's like you see, you know, one star, three star, four star, five star. It's all based off of potential. Right, Donnie? And what we think somebody can do. It's based off of size. It's based off of those things that, well, you can't teach. They have it. We think it can become something, right? So for me, it was always like, all right, let's see if the talent and the work ethic is the same. And if you can do both, Tom, then, I mean, the sky is the limit for you as a player. If your talent can match the way you approach the game every single day physically, the way you approach the game mentally every single day, you got a chance. You've got a chance to be very, very good. So that's, that's something that I always look for. You know, and even in the NFL as well, you see, you know, guys coming into the NFL. It's like, all right, you know, you heard things about this guy. You know, he's a decent player, but what's the work ethic like? And can he do it every single day? Consistency is something I talk about a lot, but it's because that's that's so important at the Division One level or at the NFL level. It's can you be the same guy every single day? Are you doing the right things every single day? Are you putting forth the hundred hundred percent effort every every single day? And are you well prepared every single day? And so I think if you're a veteran, if you're a you know if you're James Franklin, Mike Yurcich, if you're some of the older guys on this team, I mean I think that's what you're looking at right now with some some of these younger players that are going to be asked to step up this year. And some of the guys that are on campus right now, Donnie, Donnie, who is on campus right now? Who reported early? 
There's 11 of them. I, I think three of the offensive linemen are out there. Uh, Javen Williams, he's the five-star kid in the class for, for whatever that's worth. And we can talk about that later. But but Javen Williams is there. Uh, Anthony Dunko is there. Uh, Alex Birchmeyer is there. Jackson Smolik, I think it was big for, for them to get the, the third quarterback on campus. And, and, and whether He's, he's got to get some experience going into the season. Especially depth, not depth, you, depth yeah. too, right? You got to build depth. depth. Yeah. Yeah. There's no depth at the position, really, experience-wise behind Aller and he's very limited in his experience. So they got to get a couple of guys in there, and and it was big to get Smolik in there. They they got they've got, they got a bunch of guys. A couple of the cornerbacks are, are in as well. I mean, it, it's they got a good group of them in. Um, I don't know what it means to a lot of those guys. It's, I think it's just getting in and getting the experience, and giving themselves a chance to play. But there were some critical guys to to get in. Smolik was right at the top, I, I think, of that list. But but they didn't get a running back in early. They didn't get a the receivers not in early. Uh, so it, th- those are spots where they really need depth, and they didn't they didn't bring those guys in. But but I mean, it re- it really depends on you know when you're coming in early. It depends it depends on how how you got your high school classes on whether you want to do that. I, I think that's a, I think that's a big deal for for kids too. So yeah, I, they do have they do have a good group of of the freshmen in, so they're going to get a, a good cross section of what they what they got in this class pretty early. Donnie, uh, the, so like the the like you can't even ask the question anymore. Who's going to play immediately? Because you have to assume everybody's going to play <laughs> immediately anymore. So I think the question now becomes, you know, who makes an impact immediately from some of those guys that you just talked about. Yeah, it, it's always so hard to tell for a lot of the reasons you just mentioned, the consistency aspect. I mean, these the star rating, we can go and say, hey, Javen Williams will play early. He's five stars, got to play early. And I'm sure he'll get his four games because they all get their four games. But I, I, it, it's, it's tough because when it, it, those star ratings are a measure of athleticism, a measure of size and speed, and, a, and to a degree, a measure of production at the high school level. So does that translate into – the bright lights at, at Beaver Stadium on Saturday. How nervous do you get? How, how how much do you step up your game when the competition's better? Things like that that they don't know about right now. And, and, and a guy like Abdul Carter last year, I would have told you in January last year, February last year, that Abdul Carter wouldn't make an impact in the first season because he wasn't on campus in January. He was a, he was he came on campus in summer. And I, I looked at his film, and he's just a bigger guy. He was very raw. I didn't know if he was going to be able to pick it up. Then he gets on campus, and once the competition steps up, Abdul Carter stepped up. And then you got arguably in a really great class, maybe the best player is a guy that was kind of somebody you didn't really look at so much back in back a year ago. So, so I, it's it's tough to tell, but I, I but I think you know you're gonna. I think they need some impacts out of some of the guys who, especially in the in the secondary, the you know you know Zion Tracy's a a, a kid nobody talks about. But a kid out of New York who really has lit up the, you know, lit up the the testing numbers, and he could he could rise a four two four three guy, high, you know, allegedly. We'll see. But but yeah, he, he's he's a guy. I think he went to prep school last year. He's committed to Temple, then decided I want to see if I can do better. You know, went to prep school and did better. He he's not he's now a Penn State kid, and, and he comes in and he's he's going to maybe challenge for some playing time. I, I don't I don't know if. You know, those guys always tend to play, and and that's a that's a spot where I look at and say a freshman could come in and and, and make an impact there. Elliot Washington, the kid out of Alabama, he's or, and he's he's out of Florida, but he was committed to Alabama. But mm-hmm. he's a kid who I think could come in and, and compete for playing time and, and be a be the next kind of Kalen King kind of guy. But I, I don't I think he's not going to redshirt this year, so that would be a that would to me mean he's going to come in and, and contribute early. But it, it, this is Rapier, the, the tight end, I think is a really, really good player. I, I think he might be the best player in this class to me right now. 
So I think he could come in and take that Brenton Strange spot. He can at least com- compete with Khalil Dinkins for playing time. So I, I think there's a lot of, you know, this guy could potentially do it. That guy could potentially do it. But I don't look at it like last year where like, oh, Nick Singleton's going to come in and, and, and make this gigantic impact. And he went and did it. They don't have that kind of guy, I think, in the class. But this is kind of a, a group that I think can come in and supplement what they had out of last year really well. And, and they needed that kind of group because this, you know, still to, to this day, I, I look at it, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, what's the big difference? It's depth. And, and I, yeah. I, think, I think Penn State's still a step behind, but talent-wise, they could beat those teams this year if they, if they could stay healthy. Donna, you were touching on the, the secondary there. In regards to King Mack, some outlets have him as the number seven safety uh, in America. Uh, he's somebody that I believe is going to be arriving late, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, what do you think about King Mack able to contribute maybe as early as week one? I, I think he could. I mean, he's, he's one of those guys who you, you watch. And, 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 and Matt will know this. I, I mean, Jair Brown, we knew him way before he went to Penn State because he was at Lackawanna. And, I, and that story is very well told. But I knew the first time I met Jair Brown at Lackawanna, this kid is different. He knew the game at a level that other people didn't. And we saw it last year. He's, he's a guy who played at the line. He played a little linebacker. He did a lot of different things outside of safety. And when I look at King Max video, I see a little bit of Jair Brown. And I, and I hate to put that kind of comparison on a kid because Jair Brown was a different kind of player. But King Mack is, is a guy who finds the football. He, he, he makes a lot of really acrobatic interceptions. He, he's a guy who you don't – he plays that deep safety spot, which is not exactly what, what Jair Brown does, but he forces turnovers at the Jair Brown rate. And, and you can't beat the guy deep. He, he's, he's so smart with it. He's got great closing speed. He's a, he's a state champion in Florida track kid. So what that tells you how fast he is. So I, I, I like him. He's small. I, that's my question. Could he compete for playing time against a really good secondary with some, with some kids who are really hungry and who've been in the program a bit and are looking for their opportunity and are talented. But I, I think he's got something special where he could come in and, and just on his knowledge of the game and his ability to find the football, ability to force turnovers. Uh, I, I think he can come in and compete for some playing time. He's another kid I, I do think will, will play more than the four games this year. But is he going to come in and start? I don't know. We're going to have to see him, but I, I think that potential is there with him. Mm-hmm. Matt, in regards to this class, uh, you and I had talked about is that initially, probably in December, this class didn't look exponentially better than the class of 2022. And if anything, the thing that you and I discussed was that there's a good nucleus going into 2023. So you're trying to bolster the ranks. You're trying to add depth, as Donnie was touching on. The one thing that I found really, really interesting is the incremental progress in regards to recruiting offensive line talent. And Donnie and a few of these guys, Javen Williams, Birchmeyer, Donko, and then also last week, Chimdi Ono, uh, somebody who's going to be arriving late on campus. And it just seems like Penn State, it's something that's been harped on now for years that this offensive line has to improve. And we saw that improvement this past season. We feel positive about what the, uh, the, the unit's going to be in 2023. And now you've got those four guys plus a few others. Do you feel really positive? Do you feel really good about where the offensive line is going for Penn State for years to come? That that was the question I had for actually had for Donnie was that and you know Donnie I mean is this the best offensive line class that James Franklin has been able to recruit in his time at Penn State because again you know we've talked so much Tom and even before we we started the podcast you know that the conversation was right yeah the recruiting's great but it's skill positions it's speed it's this it's that it's not what 
historically Penn State has been known for, these big, tough, physical linemen, right? I, I mean, and on top of that, Donnie, you know, we're seeing more and more of a focus on recruiting in Pennsylvania, recruiting at home, which you can't lose guys out of state. Like I, I, We talk about all the time of the show, but these guys growing up, they want to go to Penn State. They're from PA. They'll, they'll, they'll be loyal to Penn State. Right. And now I think in a game like this, when you're recruiting, and you're bringing guys into your program. I mean, loyalty is tested. Um, I mean, but again, going back, Donnie, this offensive line class. I mean, is this the best that that we've seen in, in the James Franklin era? I think statistically, I think statistically it might be the best they've ever gotten oh. uh, since they started rating guys anyway. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a class in the 80s where they got Munchak and. <laughs> and, and, and Farrell. pretty good and, and, yeah. yeah i'm sure there's that happened but but i don't we don't go back that far on the internets here but uh yeah i i, I they have not had a class where they got four four star kids out of high school on the offensive line this, this never happened i mean i think they had a i think in 2003 or something like that they got three and then in 2015 they got three and they and they got and that in that class they had paris palmer out of lackawanna he was a four-star guy, but I think they I, I think they rate junior college linemen differently. So I didn't count that one. But this is a true four kids out of high school offensive line class. And I think I, I talked about this when I did my recruiting chat with the local Penn State chapter a couple nights ago. I, this to me is hey, they've learned their lesson. You can't you can you can't just recruit speed and 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 be flashy at the at the skill positions. And, and, and win in the Big Ten. You, you're gonna, Michigan and Ohio State are going to get you. Especially, you. You can't go on the road to Michigan and, and I'll bully them. You, it's, it's not what you can do. But, but And Matt brought up a good point because Javen Williams, a five-star kid out of Wyoming, you have to get that kid every time. That, that, that's the kind of guy. And they've missed on him. They, 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 that kind of kid has gone to Michigan and Ohio State in the past. So Penn State, no, and whether Javen Williams plays a down or not, you have to get that kid. Nope. So they've gone out and, and, and done that. And Birchmeyer is a Technically, it is as good of an offensive lineman as I've seen in a while. I mean, you, you look at offensive line recruits in high school, and they're what, what do they have in common? They're the biggest guy and they're the strongest guy every, <laughs> every time on the field. I mean, and you, you got a guy just pushing one guy away. There's no technique, but he, he shoves one guy to the ground, then goes looking for a linebacker. And it, and it looks impressive, but it's not really the technique you need at the, at, at the level that they need to come in and play early. But I think Birchmeyer has got it. He's a, he's a high school wrestler, two-time heavyweight champion. I He's probably going to be the favorite in Virginia this year in his classification to win that. But wrestlers always seem to me to be, especially if you're good and big, you seem to be a, a pretty good offensive line because you know how to manipulate bodies and, and you're the, you know win one-on-one -on -one battles and things like that. But Ono and Dunko, are, those two guys, you look at them and they're raw, but they're so strong. They don't even know how strong they are. They're more of those guys who I see, you know, they, they don't know what they're doing yet. And, and Phil Trotwine's going to have to work with them. But I think what, with last season taught us is that Phil Trotwine could develop a guy. Now we were, we weren't totally sold on that before, but once he started bringing in his type of guys, they've started to kind of develop that kind of depth. And, and, and they plugged in a couple of guys. I mean, JB Nelson went in last year, another Lackawanna kid and played well when he had to, uh, Vega Ioani, they, they love the kid. He's, he's a, he's a big guard. He can go in and play. And, and you know, to a degree that they, you know, once Tangwall got hurt, they had to they had to put the Norzad kid in and and he played very well and and that's a credit to Troutwine because he came from another program and completely re reinvented his game at Penn State so it's it's all going to come down to how do you develop these kids but the raw materials are there I mean you have not only you have four four star kids for whatever that's worth 
you have three of them who probably by look and by skill level that they have athletics wise, they can play tackle. So mm-hmm. you have that, that's one area I think where Penn State's really been hurt in the year in, in the past couple of years when, when you talk about how, how, how ineffective their line was before last season. They haven't really had any true tackles that have played well and that have dominant, been able to dominate games. And you see you come in last year and, and, and you see a guy who's, who's able to do it in, in Olu fashion. So, so I, I think that's provided a lot of confidence for this group. And, and they, you know, Drew Shelton played well uh in his stead and 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 i think caden wallace had a good rose bowl so there's a lot of hope there and they don't necessarily need these four guys this year but if they want to win the the, the national championship in 24 25 whatever year they're going to try to to put this together for they need those four guys a couple of them anyway to be starters and stars are you a fan of rivalries are you a fan of smack talk Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball every fan is covered head over to their website smackapparel.com and use the promo code paydirt at checkout for 10 percent off again that's smackapparel.com promo code paydirt at checkout why wear boring when you can wear smack are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com and use our promo code paydirt 15 Paydirt15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. A better you. And, and Matt, it's something that you know Donnie was just touching on. They don't need these guys to play immediately. And there were injury issues along the offensive line last season. But you and I had uh, Keith Goon Conlon on the podcast very recently. He was talking about you're the biggest guy in high school, and then you go to the, the college ranks, and that ain't the case anymore. Mm-hmm. You have to learn a lot. This is the perfect setup for a lot of these guys to sit back and learn and then grow as a unit together into 24, 25, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, it's un- then it, it becomes understanding how to play the position that you're going to play, whether it's center, guard, tackle, whatever it may be. It's all right, you know, everything is there. You're, you're extremely gifted talent physically, right? It's developing mentally. It's understanding what your coaches want out of you. And then it's learning how to play the game or learning how to play the position, which sounds like, I mean, it, it sounds ridiculous, but, but that's like, for like for me, example, you have to learn how to play the quarterback position, right? We, we want, we want football players, right? I mean, not necessarily athletes or you don't want robots, right? You want football players. And, um, and so I think that'll be important for a lot of these guys. Um, Don, Donnie, what's, what's the plan for a guy like Montgomery? You know, coming in as a running back, obviously he's had that injury, but knowing that you have Singleton and Allen ahead of him. Yeah, I think he's fascinating this year because they need him. 
I mean, you look at the depth they have. It's it's Nick Singleton, Catron Allen, and then Tank Smith. I mean, are they, are they going to run Tank Smith out there if if Catron Allen gets hurt and has to miss some time? And and we, what we saw in Iowa a couple of years ago, I, I think that's got to resonate here because you you have to have somebody able to go into the game and play and and be able to have some depth because once they lost the quarterback against Iowa, they were number what four in the country, and then they, they spiral out of control. So you, you don't want to have a game where it's it's 10-10 early and then Nick Singleton turns an ankle and, and Katron Allen's banged up. You need somebody else to go in there. And I think looking at the talent they're going to have at the position, the guy would be London Montgomery. But number one, is he healthy enough to do it? Is, is he going to be – and I guess when you – because he had the ACL tear in, in high school last year for, for, for those listening who don't know. But, you know, the, the guy was a, a tremendous running back for his first three seasons at – at Scranton prep, but he didn't play a lot in 2020 because nobody played a lot in 2020. And then 2021, they had, they had a, they had a few games that they missed, but, but, you know, or 20, uh, 2021. Yeah. He, he, there, there was a few games they didn't play, but, but, you know, he comes, he's, he's a guy who you look at him and he physically can do it. And he's, he's big enough. He's fast enough. He, he's got a lot of ability, but I don't know if the competition level is going to eat him up. I, who knows? I mean, that there's a big jump from the Lackawanna league to the big 10. I mean, it, it, it's it's pretty good sized. I'm I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. But yeah, you know, <laughs> so so I I I think they want him to be number one, 100 percent healthy and two, ready to play. And I think in his mind he will be. But when you have an ACL tear, are you 100 percent confident in the knee, or, or, or you have how much rust do you have to fight off after not playing a year? And 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 then when I just mentioned with the with the, uh, the ability to, to step up to the competition. We don't know if he's got that yet. So I, I think that's a position Penn State's got to go and, and hit somebody in the portal because they, they need to have somebody to go in there. I mean, ideally, Kevon Lee would have stayed and they would have been, they would have been okay at that position or they can w- w- convince Devin Ford or whatever they have to do to, to come back and play. But, but Montgomery's very interesting because if you look at him, he's ready physically outside of the injury. But and I think he would have if he if he had gone on and rushed for twenty five hundred yards last year. There'd been a lot of excitement about the kid. Yeah. But he's he's a guy who I there's a lot of question marks around him now. And I think he's a much bigger factor in twenty four than he is in twenty three. But Penn State needs him in twenty three. Is yeah. he going to be ready to play? Are they going to get counting on him? And and I don't know if the the fourth running or the second running back they have in the class, Cam Wallace, is that kind of a back who's going to go in there and and be able to carry the ball ten times a game if he, if he has to. So is London Montgomery that guy? I think there's a, a lot of question marks, but but if he if he's healthy and able to do it, he, he could be a, a major factor this year. Donnie, I, I do want to get to the transfer portal guys here in just a second. Uh, we haven't really touched on the front seven uh, recruits for Penn State football. Is there anybody that fans should be keeping an eye out from this recruiting class that can contribute early along the defensive line or in the linebacking court? Because there are opportunities to play there. That, those are positions where Penn State has needs to fill going into 2023. Yeah, they got some good linebackers. I really think they've, and I, I'm, I'll, I'll admit straight up, I am not great at evaluating linebacking talent. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where I have to see it on the field and see, see what the closing speed like is. Like anything, yeah. sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's some positions that it's easier, but, uh, but linebacker, I, the guy I like is Tamir Robinson. I, I, I think he can fit in anywhere they want to put a guy. Uh, do they need a, a guy at, at, on the, at the SAM? Yeah, they probably are going to need somebody to step in there. Uh, and you know, back up Curtis Jacobs and and and, and do some things when 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 he can't be in there. Um, are they going to 
are they going to need a middle linebacker? Yes, they they need somebody to step in and be the Mike. And I think that's kind of where Tamir Robinson fits in. I, I think he's he's a bigger guy. He's a two hundred thirty pound guy. Uh, he missed. He's another guy though. He missed his senior season. So so what do you what do you expect really out of him? Uh, but I but I think it's a little different linebacker than running back. Uh, you know, coming back from an injury, is a t- different type of injury too. So I, I, I think you know, Robinson is a guy who can be a, a big factor. Tony Rojas, uh, another guy I really like. I think they eventually want to move him inside to the will, but he could play off the ball too. And, and I think a guy with a guy who's that athletic. And, and you guys, kind of, Matt, kind of mentioned this too. You got to learn how to play the position. Well, this is a guy who played running back and linebacker in, in, in high school, and and it's, it's a big difference between number one learning the learning the one position at at the college level because it's completely different but number two focusing on one position i think is, is a tremendous opportunity to, to really specialize in, in what you do best and i think rojas is a guy who just athletically if you see how productive he is at at his high school in virginia he's a guy who's always on the field he's he's carrying the ball every time he's making almost every tag he's around the ball constantly i that's a guy i think he just knows football and he's going to be able to come in and and if he puts on some size this summer be able to compete for some some time and, and some specialty packages. But, yeah, I, I think the edge guys, Mupoy is a guy I, I think could be a Jason Oway type. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's I don't know if he's going to be ready to play immediately. He's got a lot to learn. But that's a guy I, I think that, that that's that's circled for me. But I, I don't know. I, I think they're more depth pieces along the front seven than they are somebody who's going to come in and start like a Carter did last year. But there are holes to fill especially at defensive tackle. And I, and I think that's a, that's a real, uh, if you're going to criticize this class in any way, they didn't get someone to come in. There's, there's no real guy. Uh, Blanding, Tyreek Blanding, the kid out of New York, is I, to me more of a defensive end. I think they're going to try to move him inside, but he's certainly not going to be ready to contribute there this year. So who, who comes in for P.J. Mustafer, who backs up Kaziah Izzard? Uh, there's nobody in this class really that that fits at that spot. But they have again, they're going to be able to rush the passer, <laughs> and they're going to be able yeah. to they're going to be able to tackle at the second level. But how how good those starters are going to have to stay healthy, and they're going to have to be really sound in the middle for them to play defense the way they want to play this year. Matt, to the points Donnie was just making, you know, everybody is looking to 2023, and it's beat one of or if both uh, Ohio State and Michigan. And the concern that jumps to mind for me is run defense. And we know what Michigan did to Penn State last season. Uh, are you worried about that spot? You know, I don't think so. I, I, I think one of the things I keep going back to is how well Manny Diaz developed the defense as a whole in such a short amount of time. And, and you, you saw progress as the year went on. You saw them get better, better, better. You saw him be able to, you know, implement his, his system in a hurry but guys guys understood what they were expected to do week in and week out we saw the depth that they have and like Donnie you know you when you're we're talking about recruiting we're talking about the defensive side of the ball we're talking about the front seven while you're talking the whole time I'm thinking of, I'm thinking to myself I'm like I mean I hope they can hold on to Manny Diaz mm-hmm. moving forward so these guys can continue to learn from him this defense can continue to grow I mean is that gonna hurt Penn State with these recruits and guys staying as as you know as time goes by here 23 24 25 as you start to look for the future cuz you have like we, and Tom and I we we've had this discussion on the podcast already you have to assume if if he has if defensively they have a year like they did this year Penn State wins 11 games again i mean you have to think a talent like Manny Diaz is going to think you know i, I want another shot at being head coach 
Yeah, I think if the opportunity was right, he wouldn't be there now. Florida Atlantic was was involved with him this year, I, 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 even in the offseason. So I, I think I think if they get two years out of Manny Diaz, that's going to be a, <laughs> a, a big deal for them. But and and I think if if I'm James Frank when I'm telling these kids, look, you know, if, if it's not Manny, it's going to be somebody else like Manny. We're going to go and get the you have to. Can, yeah, 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 you have to do it. But yeah, are, are some of these kids coming to play for Manny Diaz and Manny Diaz's defense? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I would if I if I was Tony Rojas. I'm yeah, that 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 kind of that kind of position is exactly what I do, and he 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 makes the most out of that kind of spot, and and he he plays the kind of defense that 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 Penn State's absolutely uh set up to play I mean they have so many great players in the secondary I mean they're going to lose Joey Porter in the NFL draft and it's really not going to be that big a deal because (laughs) Kalen King's that good Johnny crazy good Storm Duck is a good player he was an all ACC player last year it's not nobody's talking about losing potentially the first first round cornerback you've ever had so I, I, I think that's kind of one thing that when you look at with Manny Diaz, he's able to do what he likes to do, which is go after the passer and get, and get guys who are, who are able to stick with receivers long enough to give your pass rushers a chance. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think they're eventually going to lose him. I think they'll lose him after the season. Uh, I, I'm surprised they didn't lose him already. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be a big deal in a year because you're, you're looking at, hey, you're, you're going into 2024 with legitimate hopes of a national championship, assuming mm-hmm. – Health-wise, you're okay and you're set up, and, and and Aller is is the kind of quarterback you think he is. So, if that all sets up, you're. I mean, I, I think the odds of you having Manny Diaz are fifteen percent, ten percent. I he's going somewhere else. That's what he's there to do, and, and he's two. He's a head coach. They have two head coaches on the staff. It's part of what what makes them good. But you know, they're going to have to find that second Manny Diaz to come in, whether that's a guy on the staff or that's somebody that's the the new hot name that's that's out there. But if they have a legitimate shot at a national championship in 24 and, and coaches see that, they'll have people knocking at the door for that job. But it, they're going to have to find someone similar to Manny Diaz because his scheme works with, with what they've got. And they're now, if you look at the recruiting class, very set up to play that scheme going down the road. And, and, and James has, has been pretty good with that, uh, bringing in guys who fit a scheme. But like when, when Joe Moorhead left, Ricky Ronnie ran the scheme a little different. And now it's kind of not the scheme anymore. So – it, it, it changed enough to, to where it, now now they're, the, the the vestiges of the Moorhead days are, are gone. So they but they need to really do a better job holding on to what Manny Diaz does because that works in the Big Ten. And, and you know the Michigan game aside, that was I think Michigan exploiting one mistake that they kept making over and over again, and then they fixed it. And then they were uh, elite stopping the run after that. So I I, I think that that Manny is, it was a big part of fixing that issue. And he's going to be a big part of fixing issues for another year. And then you know, you're going to have to pay him like a head coach if you want to keep him. And, <laughs> and I don't know how you, I don't know how you do that and, and without calling him the head coach. You realize how lucky Clemson was to hold on to Brent Venables as long <laughs> as they did. And it cost them a lot of money. So it doesn't uh, happen very often. It, no. it's at Alabama, it's a different coordinator every mm-hmm. year. You have to be Bama to, to be able to say, hey, that's our culture. That's what we do. We send coaches off to, to bigger and better things. Penn State's not there yet. So they they have to just continually hire the better coach until they're until they're uh, able to say that that's the culture here. 
Donnie, I want to wind down here, uh, as I mentioned, on the transfer portal guys. Uh, you talked about a few of them, Malik McLean, Dante Cephas, uh, obviously Storm Duck, the defensive back coming from UNC, uh, and then a punter as well involved, uh, Riley Thompson. So it's a very small group of transfers, and that's exactly the way James Franklin has seemed to like it. He doesn't want to go real heavy, a la the Colorados or the Oregons of the world. He wants to be very specific and precise with those transfer portal grabs. Uh, what do you think of those four? Well, I, I think they've done a really good job. And, 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 for, and, and Matt can attest to this. I mean, if you, if you get what you're doing, what Colorado does, you're getting everybody out of the transfer portal. You're not a team. You're just a bunch of mercenaries. And, and, and you, you, don't, you lose your culture that way. You lose your, your ability. I mean, it's, look at Michigan State. Two years ago, they hit. They, they hit everybody out of the portal. Kenneth Walker, they got a bunch of guys. And they were able to compete for the Big Ten championship. Next year, last year, they tried to do it again, and they're bottom of the barrel. I mean, there's no consistency with the, with the portal. But I, what I love what they did. I mean, they they enhanced the position where they were really good with Storm Duck, and they they got a really good player that wants to come in and knows he's going to play in a system that's designed for him. So to be able to get that guy, it's a bonus. Uh, to be able to get, hold on a second, I lost his name. Oh, to be, to be able to get Malik McLean, I think that's a bonus. I, I think that's not a, a guy you need. It's a guy you want. So you, if he doesn't fit what you're teaching, if he doesn't fit your culture, that's great. You don't you just don't take him. So he, he fits and you bring him in. But then you look at the guys you absolutely need. You absolutely need Cephas. So you have to go out of your way and, and do what you can do to, to bring in to bring in that one guy. And, and I think that that's really what they did here. They focused on Cephas and brought in what else they could. But you know, we could do a half-hour show here on the fact that they they got the punter and the kicker. I think that's fascinating that they because I think that's the future of the portal. You can find a punter and a kicker every year in the portal. Yeah. And sometimes you don't have to give them the scholarship. Barney and Moore was out of the portal. Stout was out of the portal. If they're finding good punters out of the portal, so, and and they have a, a guy on on the on the roster right now, Alex Paquetta, who was a four-star kid coming out of high school, and he's eating up a scholarship for four years. And I'm not saying that that in a bad way because they got Blake Gilligan out of, out of, out of the same high school and he was worth that scholarship for four years. But the way you have to build your teams now a, 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 with the portal being in use, I mean, you, you could pick and choose your punter every year and you pick and choose your kicker. I mean, Riley Thompson's, he was an all, all conference punter to be able to go out and get him to compete, at least compete with Paquetta and maybe, you know, probably take that job. I, I think that's a sign that, that to me was the biggest sign that they were all in on 23. Now, whether they, whether they think they can win a national championship, I don't know. But they want to compete and get there and, and get that experience heading into 24. And that's where that's an area where they got a little bit better. And, and they, they went and did it. And so, I, so I think that's really the future of what Penn State's going to do with the portal. Get, get find Identify a couple of positions where there's always a bunch of guys and, and, and go out and, and, hit, and hit that, that spot. And, and receiver might be another one. So maybe, maybe the receiver recruiting isn't as big a – a thing is, you know, that's been made out to be because you could just go and get a guy and they've done it. Now, Mitchell Tinsley was a really good player, but I, I think Cephas could be a, a better player than Tinsley even. So I, you know, it, it's, it's interesting the way they've gone about it, but you know, they aren't getting the, the massive players to come in and, and, and do the, do, you know, re, revamp what they are. I mean, some year they might have to with, due to injuries or something, but this, they're really doing it. What and, and I think Ohio State does it this way too. And I think Michigan does it this way too because you, they just go and get guys to supplement what they already have. And, and that, that's, that's a sign of a good program when, when you're just 
bringing in deaf pieces and, and, and guys who can compete for starting spots. But if they don't start it, it it's okay. There's a, there's always a role for some of these guys. And I, I, I think that the portal is, is going to be very interesting moving forward, obviously, but I think getting those two specialists out of there, I mean, when they, when they need two specialists and not and, and completely ignoring it in the recruiting class was very interesting. And Matt, hearing all this, regardless if it's the transfer guys like Cephas and Duck, I think you know what you're getting. Uh, those are guys who have started and put up good numbers. McLean has a lot of years of eligibility and is still figuring out how to play the college game. Thompson, as you mentioned, may be a proven commodity already. That's the beauty of the transfer portal. And then all these recruits, the onus is on player development. And it's something I know that you feel very strongly about. It is. At the end of the day, that's 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 what it's all about. And I think Donnie said it perfectly. Like if you're gonna go to the portal, use it for places where you just need a little extra help this year. But it's about having the right types of guys that fit what you're all about, that fit that atmosphere, that fit that environment, that understand what the team culture is at Penn State. Use Mitch Mitchell Tinsley as an example. I, I mean, that was a fantastic fit for Penn State and what they needed at the wide receiver position. And again, Tom, I'll go back to what we talked about. Like, if you were expecting him to go off for 1,500 yards, you know, and, and 15 touchdowns or, or whatever he, he, he did statistically, you know, before he got to Penn State, that's not what the expectations were, right? He showed up at Penn State. He delivered, right? That's what I think is expected with some guys that, that yeah, you may take um, in the transfer portal. But it, it's all about player development, and it's about having those players understand that as well. right? There's no need to, to be in a rush, especially the guy. That's why I asked the question, Donnie, like, especially the guys that are campus right now. Like, you know, who has a chance to play versus who has a chance to really make an impact immediately? There's no need to be in a rush. Understand your role. Understand your position. Take the time to develop. You still have to be patient. Even though the game's changing, you still have to be patient. Not everybody's a three-year guy. I mean, not no. everybody's Abdul Carter or Nick Singleton. Oh. They, it, it's, it's the long game still. You still have some of these guys for five years. And, and, and I would say of those 11 guys that they brought in, maybe three of them make a big impact in the first year, but eight of them benefit from being in early and, and that's okay donnie we appreciate you coming on uh, i know you're busy this time of year uh, getting ready for everything that's going on with penn state football and staying warm all together nobody <laughs> freezing to death here in pennsylvania so good luck with that but we appreciate you coming on donnie thank you yeah, so no, much no problem anytime guys Thank you all so much for joining us. This episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter, at QB 11 and at Tom Hannafin. Paydirt is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Paydirt. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.